The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8 and Comcast channel, 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Cali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints, wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those even the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. When a family, friend, member, or even an acquaintance seems down and out, the best thing you can do for them is to say a little prayer. Ask the Lord to grant that person the full and complete victory, lead and guide them down the path of righteousness, and help them to work out all things out to God's honor and glory. 
We are blessed this morning with the men and women of our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn to sing that beautiful song entitled Touch a Life. They will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano, Bahaku Carter on the organ.
As true born-again believers, we try to read God's Word daily and live by those words. We instill it in our hearts and teach them to our children and loved ones that they too may experience the peace and joy that comes only from knowing Christ Jesus. The men and women of our church band under my direction who play for you this tune entitled, Jesus is all the world to me.
When you begin your journey with Jesus, you come to find that you always want more. You want to learn more about his life, more about his teachings, more about his words, just a lot more. Our soloist this morning, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing, is still walking his journey towards Jesus. Listen as he sings for us his heartwarming and uplifting song entitled, Closer to You. Accompanying him will be Christy Hahn on the piano, Iris Locke on the drums, and Evans Sproat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. The heartwarming words of our choir's next song entitled, He, shows the power and might of the Lord. God's love and compassion for the whole world expressed at the end with the simple words, I forgive. Please join in singing viewers as the words appear on your television screen.
In Luke 24, 46, Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Can you imagine the sadness that must have been in the Lord's eyes as he looked among some of the people who stood watching, not knowing that he truly was and is the Son of God? Because of their unbelief or maybe their uncertainty of Jesus' words, they did not draw closer to him or believe in his teachings. If you believe that he died for us, viewers, why not choose salvation by taking on his name in water baptism, be filled with his Holy Spirit, and live a life above sin? Lend an ear as our instrumentalist, Punahele Kapuni, plays for us on her auto harp the song entitled, Nothing But the Blood.
How wonderful it is to be viewers that we are able to offer our talents to the Lord, whatever it may be, and share God's word with those around us. By living by example, we allow Jesus' light to shine through us so that others may see Jesus in us. Our next group are the saints in harmony. Together they will offer praise and thanksgiving unto our Lord in this wonderful song entitled, Preach the Foursquare Gospel. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this awesome number to Mr. David Souza. May Jesus continue to bless you, pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a great Sunday. Four square we stand for the living Jesus the coming 
The four square gospel, clear let the four square message ring. Jesus, holy Savior, baptizer and healer, Jesus, the coming King. Preach the four square gospel, the four square gospel, clear let the four square message ring. Baptizer and healer, Jesus the coming King. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Jose Zandok. I'd like to repeat our television time stations and locations in a kindly ask for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. This telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. station KCY, channel 9 in the Central California and Yuma in Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20, in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Manor Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and through our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in the home city of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. In our community benches located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighborhood branch churches as also conducted by Pastor Reginald Casanova Senior in Kanakai and Mokai. By Pastor Kenneth M. Berry in Ahinamari. By Pastor Walter Lane, Noi Hino, Hawaii. By Pastor Leonard Kawana Sana Senior, Kolo, Hawaii. By Pastor Hanover Sparrow, Boroka Pukilawan Pika, and the Pastor Sparrow, President of the Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regarding church affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to volunteer, contribute to solve this telecast and the Lord's work, you may do so by setting your donations areas designated to conclude the telecast. And I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Antonio, who will bring forward his spirit directed and spirit inspired. Pastor Billy.
Thank you, Jose. Today, Telegast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live with violence and aggressions in our own so-called own backyards, sordid events occurring as drive-by shootings in residential areas and public parks resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terrorist bombings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to partake of today's TV sermon entitled, Prepare You Victuals. My sermon this morning will address the point in time when Israel was about to cross the Jordan River into Canaan. Moses, being 120 years of age at the time of his death, had only viewed the land of promise from the top of Mount Ebal. Before his passing, he gave explicit instructions to Joshua, who succeeded him as prophet and leader over Israel. It is with great significance that when Moses asked for a successor, knowing his days were coming to an end, God did not take a pool of applicants, nor did he consider any of the priests who were Levites. God specifically chose Joshua, the son of Nun, in whom his spirit dwelled. Let us read of Joshua's commission in Joshua 1, 1-3. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass it. The Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, upon the initial exit out of Egypt, Israel was 11 days short of crossing into the land of promise. But because of unbelief, an entire generation was removed before the promise could be fulfilled. Because of unbelief, everyone above the age of 20 had to die. This is what the 40 years of wandering accomplished. Israel spent a year of wandering for each day the spies spent in Canaan, surveying the land. Now as Joshua stood on the eastern shores of Jordan, only he and Caleb of the first generation were spared because of their faith and obedience and were given the privilege to enter into Canaan. Joshua was in his 80s, and Caleb was close behind him in years. The rest of Israel's congregation could not have been older than 60 years of age. This was an exciting time. The land of promise that God spoke to Abraham was in clear view. The people numbering the hundreds of thousands now bordered Jordan. Leading them was Joshua, God's anointed, and standing alongside Joshua was the Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty God the captain of the host of the Lord. Let us read in Joshua 1, 10 to 11. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days he shall pass over this Jordan to go into possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. This is an appropriate scripture for the critical times of today. The Lord tells us that the time is now. And the promise of redemption and of eternal life is closer than it ever was. Therefore, we are instructed to prepare now. In this scripture, a time frame is given. That is, in three days, the promise will be fulfilled. Additionally, a command by God's anointed will be given to the offers to go amongst the people, instructing them to prepare. In other words, they were to get themselves and their families ready for the crossing. Here the people were also being encouraged to go forward because the victory was nigh at hand. 
Though faced with adversity and obstacles, they were being encouraged to believe and fix their eyes upon the Lord's promises and not upon the size of the adversity. God would eventually do wonders with them, for them, and through them. While Moses standing on the shores of the Red Sea, God spoke to him. Let us read in Exodus 14, 13 to 15. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. This is exactly where God's true church is positioned today. We cannot hesitate when the Lord tells us to move forward. In a time where persecution will increase, tests and trials appear to be overwhelming, and the faith of some waxing cold, the instructions we receive from the Lord must still go forward. The victory lies ahead of us. And we must always remember that for every test or trial we may encounter, the Lord has already made a way of escape. Thusly, TV viewers, are you moving forward? The most important thing for you to consider this morning is the salvation of your soul. Unfortunately, the simplicity of salvation is made complicated by the irreverence of man. Mankind has developed a pattern so as to serve the Lord when they are in great need and in the midst of tragedy or when it is convenient for them. Under those circumstances, the heart of man is fueled for more unbelief. Jesus gave his disciples instructions and set the pattern for the saving of the soul, as Joshua did when he was preparing for the crossing into Canaan. Thusly, God requires the surrendering of oneself and come to repentance. Humility is the key, and obedience is recognized above sacrifice. Similarly, Nicodemus approached Jesus under the cloak of darkness with many reservations, but his love for righteousness lured him to seek out Jesus. Just who was Nicodemus? Well, he was a scholar, a Pharisee. He was a diligent and knowledgeable of the laws of Moses, very influential in the political arena, but not saved according to the gospel Jesus preached. History tells us that Nicodemus was one of the three richest men in Jerusalem at the time and an active member of the Sanhedrin. After hearing the words of Jesus, Nicodemus believed and obeyed in spite of his former training and beliefs. He was baptized by Peter. Eventually, he was dismissed from his position and expelled from Jerusalem because of his newly found faith. What could have brought such a significant change in this man's life? Well, Nicodemus is no different than any of us today. When a God-fearing person realizes that they fall short of the glory of God, they will readily do something about it and without hesitation. Thus, Nicodemus felt uncomfortable about not being saved and the fact that his sins were still were clinging to him. He also recalled the scriptures wherein they spoke of the Messiah and of the Christ. Thus Nicodemus said within himself, could this possibly be the Messiah? Let us read in John 3, 2. The same Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Do you know who Jesus is? And have you experienced the power of his presence through the spirit of God that dwells within and around his people? If not television for years, I pray you will listen attentively. The heart is elated upon finding that road which leads directly to the kingdom of God. Let us read in the parables which show how much the gospel is cherished by those who find it. Let us turn to and read Matthew 13, 44 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, 
The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The note of joy comes when man realizes how great he depends on the Lord. Theology finds itself confused in the interpretation of the parables. Literal interpretation will lead them to darkness and obscurity. However, by the Spirit of the Lord, we see what God is impressing upon the sinner. First, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God has concluded all are under sin, both Jew and Gentile. Secondly, God-fearing people upon finding the truth of salvation and will do what they must, including sacrificing what they have so as to achieve the promise. Please remember, it is the earnest and God-fearing people who will seek the Lord out. Such was the case with Nicodemus. We read from John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I said to thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It is gratifying to know that the life and immortality have been brought to light through the gospel. Thus, having the knowledge of the scriptures, baptism is an integral part of salvation. The point made to Nicodemus was the necessity of the water baptism in the name of Jesus. I'm sure Nicodemus was aware of all the accusations made by his peers about Jesus, and just as the scripture state, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. His peers were often rebuked by Jesus and found themselves in a dilemma because of the powerful words of Jesus. They were obsessed with being politically and legally correct rather than focusing on keeping God's commandments. As with many today, they fail to see the purpose of Jesus Christ in coming into this world and failing to recognize just who Jesus was. Peter tells us that water baptism is the act of a good conscience toward God. Paul tells us baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like documents, Luke documents the acts of the apostles, and in these passages we'll find many were baptized in the name of Jesus. Those who had taken on the baptism of repentance in John were rebaptized in the name of Jesus according to the scriptures, thus fulfilling John's preaching. Peter's enthusiasm promoted the same intensity toward salvation. We read in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the words of Paul, repentance means godly sorrow for sin. These words describe in detail Peter's emotional repentance after denying the Lord three times. The scriptures simply say he wept bitterly for his sins. Yes, Peter was truly humbled and truly repentant. Let us read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In my opinion, every pastor be preaching this selfsame gospel. Jesus preached while in Galilee and Jerusalem. Yes, virgin may be asking the question, why are there so many churches and so many different doctrines? Are they not worshiping the same God, but only in a different manner? The scripture tells us there is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. The confusion comes when those who interpret the scriptures lack the true spirit of God. Jesus said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Thusly, not all paths lead to the kingdom of God. Otherwise, why would Jesus take the time to open the standing of the Nicodemuses of the world? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to me through the Father but by me. Yes, the key to salvation is found only in the name of Jesus. The journey of God's true church is coming to an end. His body, which is spread across the face of the earth, is eagerly awaiting his return. 
We yearn to see his face and the glory that will accompany him. We long to be relieved from the sin and oppression of this world, preferring to be with him forevermore. We do not enjoy the pleasures and treasures of this world, but look forward instead to the new Jerusalem whose builder and maker is God. We long to be healed of our sick, afflicted and tired bodies in this life. However, we know in heaven our bodies will be made whole. There will be no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, as well as the sources that cause such afflictions. Television viewers, we are not standing on the shores of Jordan, but on the brink of entering the kingdom of God. We read inspiring words of encouragement by Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 8-10, verses 14-18. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Simply put, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We are instructed to put Jesus first in our lives and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yes, priorities must be set. And prayerfully, Jesus and his righteousness will be our top priority. Today, we are able to learn from the experience of Israel's 40 years of wandering and the severity of unbelief. Pastors are commissioned of the Lord to prepare the church for his coming. Doing so requires that those blessed with various levels of responsibility in the church must strive to perfect their calling. Doing anything less is sinful in the eyes of God. We read from Revelations 22, 10 to 14. And he said unto me, See not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And we which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am an Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. In the last days, the degree of urgency must be perfected in us. The subject of urgency being the rapture of the saints the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in clouds of glory to rapture his saints will take place in a twinkling of an eye, which is faster than a millisecond. It will occur suddenly and unannounced and is assimilated as a thief in the night. Do you realize, dear viewers, that there is only one chance at the rapture? 
Thusly, I strongly urge you to rethink your salvation. There are several things that are highlighted in Joshua chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Key phrases are, command the officers, pass through the hosts, command the people, prepare your victuals, and within three days. These are specific steps that must be followed in crucial times. Under these circumstances, everything must be taken seriously. Hearts and minds must be of the same order. Faith must be at its highest achievable level. Unbelief, doubts, and fears cannot exist, knowing how detrimental it was to their forefathers a generation earlier. The most important is the time frame. Three days to prepare, and then to move forward at the command. If not ready, one will be left behind. Viewers, do you remember the parable of the ten virgins where five were wise enough to prepare beforehand, while the five foolish virgins were caught unawares and were left behind? On the third day, the Lord rose from the dead after laying in the tomb for three days. The number three is a number of confirmation. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 describe what happened at the end of the third day. The officers were instructed by Joshua to pass through the host once again. This time it was not to prepare food and clothing, but to get up and follow the ark of the Lord. Reading Joshua 3, 3 to 5, and they were commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The Lord knows the way to heaven, and is revealed unto his pastors. The Lord instructed Joshua, who in turn instructed the officers to pass through the hosts. They were commanded to prepare the people. Reading in 2 Timothy 4, 2, Preach the word, be in sin in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long-suffering and doctrine. Pastors and those who preach the word should not be hesitant to choose what the Lord inspires them to preach. If one is living by example, the word of God will flow freely, being that there is no self-condemnation. To deprive the congregation of the pure word of God is to deprive them of the kingdom of God. Therefore, leaders must be inspired to lead, having the spiritual well-being and welfare of the saints paramount. Leaders must also walk worthy of the vocation they have been called to do. No one is inspired to do good and live a godly life. When a preacher says one thing otherwise, or who preaches about praying and holy praise, or who preaches about sacrificing one's time and substance for the sake of the gospel, but labor in the Lord's vineyard, or who preaches about but is not faithful in tithes and offerings. The best teacher is experience, and the best way to teach is by an example. The officers command the people to prepare. For them, as well as for us, it is important that the congregation respond immediately. We believe that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Though the Jordan appeared to them in, as an obstacle, they were commanded to fix their eyes upon the altar, and they would see both the path they were to follow, as well as the glory of the Lord. I am sure they recall the experience their forefathers had at the Red Sea, where the Lord parted the waters and Israel passed on dry ground. In like manner, the Jordan was parted, and the waters were stopped as far north as the city of Adam, 
and as far south as the South Sea. For us, we have a greater inspiration. We are not restricted to recalling the parting of the Red Sea for Moses and the Jordan for Joshua, but how the Lord parted the waters of the Jordan for the prophets Elijah and Elijah as well. With God, all things are possible in that believeth. If there is unbelief in your heart, viewers, pray to the Lord. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. The Lord will bless and prosper Joshua's efforts if he kept the commandments of the Lord. Therefore, the key to success and prosperity in the Lord's work is to adhere to his instructions. The congregation must be good listeners and obedient. In these last days, we cannot allow the devil to get a hold of us. Satan will only cause confusion and instigate every evil work that he can possibly bring about. We want to be instruments of righteousness and not of sin. So rebuke him, whether it be an external assault or a spiritual shock coming within. Say in Jesus' name, Satan, get thee behind me, for thou savest not the things of God. In closing, let us read Joshua 24, 14 to 15. Now there, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, is your host, Pastor, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., especially much appreciation to each of you. We have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Before we close today's program, please listen to the church band as he renders his final selection entitled, The Fight Is On.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.